0: Listener supported KFUO invite you to listen live to our annual charathon. It's your opportunity to show your support to KFUO. If you can't join us live, please prayerfully consider supporting us by calling 314-996-1518 and asking about our giving levels. You can also click the Give Now button on our webpage. Charathon 2017, April 20th, 21st,
1: and 22nd. Online at KFUO.org.
0: Good afternoon and welcome to Concord Matters here on Worldwide KFUO, uh, the messenger of good news. I am your host for this program. I'm Pastor Charles Henriksen. I'm the pastor of St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Bontere, Missouri. If you want to find out more about our congregation, you could go to our website, stmatthewbt.org. We're coming to you live today on this 18th of April of 17 uh, from the studios of KFUO here housed in the International Center of the Lutheran Church, Missouri Synod, headquartered here in Kirkwood, Missouri, St. Louis County. Uh, if you want to uh, participate in our program today, we have a toll-free number all across North America. And that toll-free number is 800-730-2727. Again, 800-730-2727. Our number here locally in St. Louis is area code 314 821 314-821-0850. You can also email us your comments or questions. The email address is kfuo at kfuo.org. And I'd like to remind our listeners uh, uh, that the share the annual share for the Ministry of the Worldwide KFUO is coming up this week, Thursday through Saturday, where uh, we will be happy to receive your contributions for the ministry worldwide of the Messenger of Good News. Well, today we're continuing in Article 4 of the, Justi- of the, Aug- the Apology of the Augsburg Confession, Article 4 of the Apology of the Augsburg Confession on justification, a very long article in this uh, confessional document. And our guests for this program are frequent voice here on kfo first of all pastor warren worth he is the pastor of good shepherd lutheran church in arnold missouri welcome warren thank you good to be with you again and how can people find out about good shepherd in arnold good shepherd
3: lutheran church in arnold missouri uh, we can we have a website and our website is www.goodshepherdarnold.org
0: very good. And what time are services there on Sundays?
3: Worship is at 9 a.m., Sunday School and Bible Class at 10.30.
0: And as I say, you're a frequent voice here on KFUO. You are the host of the Creation Club. Tell us a little bit about that.
3: Sure. Every forty, every Friday morning, um, we're on for 15, 20 minutes talking about uh, latest news regarding creation versus evolution, and we analyze... Uh, what people are reading or hearing about that has to do with uh, people pushing the theory of evolution and analyze what that actually means over against what the Bible clearly teaches about that we were created by God. So it's a lot of fun for those who are interested in Christian apologetics and the idea of that science and faith Uh, don't contradict one another when you understand things correctly in the light of God's Word, rather than the other way around, trying to change God's Word to fit man's fallible ideas. So we have fun with that. And uh, Jonathan Fisk and Andy Bates have been people that have recently um, been talking with me about those things as part of the morning program, morning lineup. So, uh, yeah, tune tune in. uh, It's usually right around a quarter to nine central time, that the program comes on, and and we have fun talking about those things.
0: And, of course, the truth that God is the author and creator of human life leads very logically to a a pro-life position. And I know, Warren, you've been very active in pro-life efforts over the years.
3: Certainly, that's another interest. Uh, Yes, because God is the Lord and giver of life, both... uh, physical life biological life as well as that we have eternal life spiritual life through our lord jesus christ so uh, yes we certainly do want to speak out in defense of the living but unborn as well as people along the whole spectrum of life from conception until natural death that we speak out and uh, for those who have no voice and and defend the defenseless uh, by uh, doing what we can as christians in the public square citizens of uh, both the kingdom of heaven and uh, on this earthly realm to uh, help people realize the importance of speaking out in defense of life.
0: Very good. And then our other guest today also has been on this program before, and that is Pastor Chris Hall.
1: Welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me. Long time. Good, good. Tell us about your congregation. I am at a Zion Lutheran Church in Tomball, Texas, which is uh, northwest of Houston. So, lovely little community of just faithful Lutherans. Good. And how can people find out about your church? Well, first, you get on the ground, on your knees, and you ask God to come to you and... No, no, that's... that's (laughs) Um, No, we have a website. It's org, And uh, we have daily blogs that I write and uh, things of that nature, sermons, videos of our sermons, and some other videos I do, so it's uh, fun stuff.
0: Are you recovered from uh, Holy Week? How many services and sermons service did you do in eight days?
1: Well, I have an associate, so I just had him do everything. Oh, okay. I <laughs> went to the Bahamas. No, no, no. I, we had, I think, how many? Nine of them. Nine right. services. We did the vigil and all that fun stuff. So it was good times with a nice nap afterwards. But. I have good people. They fed me and kept me nourished, and uh, kept loving me. So it's good times.
0: Yeah, that that uh, eight days from uh, of uh, Palm Sunday through Easter Day is for for us pastors like perhaps the busiest week of the year, but it's a it's a good kind of tired, isn't it, Warren, at the end?
3: Absolutely, because we get to focus on Jesus and everything that he has done for us on our salvation, as we will do as we talk about Article 4 and oh. the
0: Apology to the Augsburg Confession. Very good segue, Warren. <laughs> you are a radio veteran here, getting us into the material. It's all Very about good. Jesus. Yes. So uh, let's get into it, then. We're looking at the Apology of the Augsburg Confession on Article 4 on uh, Justification, Uh, Pastor Hull, what do we mean by apology, and what is the Augsburg Confession? What is that all
1: about? Well, apology means defense of, right? Like apologetics, you're defending the faith, and the apology is a defense Melanchthon wrote a year after the Augsburg Confession was presented. That's June 25th, 1530, before Emperor Charles V. And uh, this is the The Lutheran or the Evangelical response to the computation, which was Rome's response to the Augsburg Confession. So now you have the Apology, which is getting you a little deeper into what was confessed a year ago, meaning in 1530.
0: Right. And this article on justification, which is so long in the Apology, was very brief in the Augsburg Confession itself. And uh, I'm just going to read from the Augsburg Confession itself. A paragraph here on justification article 4 our churches teach that people cannot be justified before God by their own strength merits or works people are freely justified for Christ's sake through faith when they believe that they are received into favor and that their sins are forgiven for Christ's sake by his death Christ made satisfaction for our sins God counts this faith for righteousness in his sight. Now, Pastor Worth, how could anybody disagree with that? Uh, They're saying we're not justified. What does it mean to be justified, first of all, Pastor Worth?
3: Okay, the idea of being justified would be that God, as the righteous judge, declares you not guilty. Now, is that on the basis of the fact that you, by yourself, have no guilt? Or that something has been done to atone for your guilt? And the whole point of uh, Article 4 is that Uh, We believe that we are sinners, and that the only way we can be right in the sight of God is for him, by his grace, his unmerited love, for the sake of Christ, his son who died for us and rose again, and for all that he did, uh, for his sake, to forgive us our sins. And we receive that by faith, that is, by trusting the promised mercy, the mercy that God promises us on account of everything Jesus did for us. And so that is quite clear in Scripture, and the... Quote from Paul's letter to the Romans and elsewhere, that we are justified by grace through faith. And yet Rome disagreed with that. Rome was teaching for a long, long time that it isn't grace alone and not faith alone, but rather that we're saved by works and that our works are meritorious and help uh, to earn salvation, if not totally, at least partly. And that's the bone of contention here.
0: Okay, so that's the disagreement about how we are justified or declared not guilty before God, uh, whether it is through faith freely as God's gift or whether it, uh, to some degree or other is dependent upon our strength or merits or works. Um, Pastor Hull, I'm going to read a little portion here just to get us into the new material from paragraphs 107 through 110 here and 111. That's where the boys were talking about this last week, but uh, this maybe sets the stage for where we're going to go today. Just reading a few highlights here, starting at paragraph 107. uh, Melanchthon writes here, Truly it is amazing that the adversaries are in no way moved by so many passages of Scripture, which clearly credit justification to faith. And then a few lines below that, But they have also come up with sophisticated tricks by which they escape these passages. They say that these passages of Scripture that speak of faith ought to be received as referring to faith that has been formed. Now, my edition here puts in the Latin phrase fides formata. Uh, And then Melanchthon says, this means that they do not credit justification of faith except on account of love. Uh, Pastor Hull, what do you recall? I know this was covered at seminary. Uh, this "fides formata," I think it was "fides formata caritata," faith formed by love. Can you give us shed any light on that?
1: Well, it's looking. It's basically saying that faith is not enough. Now, if you ask a, a, a go up to a a, a Roman Catholic or some of that nature and say, do you believe that works really need to be added to you believing? Like, are you saved by your works? They're going to say, no, of course not. No one's saved by their works. We're saved by, you know, believing in Jesus. It's like, well, okay, well, then what about this? Faith formed or faith fashioned by love. Um, love has nothing to do with the gospel. Love is the fulfillment of the law. Mm-hmm. That's that's what Jesus says in response, right? When he has to summarize the laws, love the Lord your God, mm-hmm. and love your neighbor as yourself. And... The law can never save you. It can't do anything uh, to enter, usher you into life eternal, because you and I are sinful. If we were perfect, yes, the law could could uh, even even. Then we're not. So it's a hypothetical. We're not perfect. We are fallen. That is why Christ died. So if we say that faith is formed by love, we're saying that trust in Christ is not enough. But more than that, we're saying that Christ and His sacrifice and resurrection and his declaration to us as righteous is not sufficient. Our works must be added to that in order to have a fullness of justification. Okay. Works must be added to faith rather so, than flow from it.
0: Yeah, so that's what they're, they're meaning here by this fides formata. This was sort of the, the late medieval teaching here in the Roman Catholic Church. So uh, Melanchthon goes on and says, this means they do not credit justification to faith except on account of love. And then a few lines below that, if faith receives forgiveness of sins because of love, forgiveness of sins will always be uncertain because we never love as much as we ought to. Should, Pastor Worth, should forgiveness of sins be uncertain? Absolutely
3: not. If, if if the forgiveness of sins would be uncertain, how could one ever have any peace? How could you even sleep at night if you didn't know that you were in a right relationship with God?
0: But wouldn't we just take it life easy and not try and struggle and strive then? If if we, you know, it's like the carrot before the horse. We got to have something to shoot for, don't we?
3: <laughs> you know, if a person doesn't have the certainty of salvation, they're going to look for it one way or the other, and and they may. Uh, They may either despair, thinking there's no hope, or they may become self-righteous Pharisees and think, I'm good enough the way I am. Mm -hmm. Or you, you, I guess, give us another alternative, which would be a person could say, I'll take life easy, I'll just do whatever I like, and not, uh, not be concerned about it. God can't be that... Stern, But when you take God's word seriously, and that's what it comes down to, Luther and Melanchthon make this point again and again. When you understand God's word and take God's word seriously, both law and gospel, you realize that the law certainly is going to condemn you and that you do not measure up. You're not nearly good enough on your own to stand before a righteous and holy God. And that terrifies the conscience, especially when you realize what everything God says and means when he says that the soul that sins must die. But when you take seriously what the, what the gospel promises, that God did something about that, what you could not do, God did for you in sending his son, Jesus, to take on the responsibility of the law the, to fulfill it for you and also to take the punishment Uh, that the law demands for the sinner and took that for you and for all sinners took it in our place when he on good friday he suffered and died and paid our debt and says it is finished so that we can be absolutely sure that the life suffering death and resurrection of christ give us the certainty that we have peace with god we have the forgiveness of our sins because god promises that on account of christ our sins are forgiven and faith trusts that promise
0: so, Pastor Hall, if a Melanchthon here is saying that uh, we don't uh, uh, believe or agree with this teaching that it is faith formed by love or that faith kind of combined with love uh, merits our justification, uh, I guess we're saying that are Lutherans against love?
1: Well, of course we are. Just go to any Lutheran congregation and <laughs> find that out. We're ah. God's, God's frozen people, huh? Yes, it's great. I love Easter Sunday at Lutheran congregations. It's like, did Jesus rise? I can't tell when you're singing during communion. So <laughs> it's fantastic. But no, of course we love. He, he gives that answer the next one. He says, in fact, we do not love at all unless our hearts are sure that the forgiveness of sin has been granted to us. Why do we love? Because we are loved. Is that right? This is what it says in Holy Scripture. We love, we love because, because he first loved, loved us. us, right? Exactly. So when we look at this love, When someone is not loving, well, what's the problem here? I say, do you not know what Christ has done for you? Not to guilt them. This isn't some preaching of the gospel to create repentance. It's actually asking them the question, uh, what's what's still in your heart? What is still being born in your conscience that uh, you have not given over to Christ in confession, that he may forgive it? What, What are you still holding on to as if you can redeem yourself? rather than Christ redeeming you, rather than him forgiving you and loving you? Why are you holding on to this? And that's the despair. Um, that's the two reactions we have when trying to redeem ourselves, either self-righteousness or despair. Mm-hmm. And love does not pro- proceed from either of those. Love only comes from faith. Mm-hmm. And faith is in what? Is in the word of Christ that you are forgiven. So yes, we love love. Um, but all you need is not... Love, all you need is uh, Jesus and his word. And if you understand that as the essence of love, then yeah, all you need is love.
0: It's, it's really the, the cart and the horse, isn't it? As uh, in paragraph 111, it says, uh, Melanchthon says, we also say that love ought to follow faith, as Paul also says in Galatians 5, 6, for in Christ Jesus, neither circumcision nor uncircumcision counts for anything, but only faith working through love. Explain, Pastor Worth, about this, the, the getting the order of things right here. Well, it's important to get the
3: order of things right, because if, if you were going along with what the Roman Catholics were teaching at the time this was written, the idea would be that in order to be right with God, you have to love God and—, and Even to say to believe in God, well, that faith is going to be formed by your love for God. Well, the the deeper you look inside the heart, the more you don't find that love. Because, as has already been said, the law makes me afraid of God. I, I want to run away. I want to hide from God. Even, you know, Luther said he hated God. If God's demanding a perfection I can't deliver and seems totally unreasonable, that does not produce love in my heart. What does bring forth love is when I know that God loves me, even though I am unlovable, that God loved me and gave his son to be the atoning sacrifice for my sins, that Jesus is that uh, mediator who then brings me forgiveness and all the blessings of God. That brings forth uh, love as a result, uh, as, as faith I lays hold of Christ and the blessings of Christ.
0: Uh, so, not, really, instead of faith formed by love, it would probably be better to say love formed by faith, right? Or, or faith which then is active in love. Okay. The, the,
3: you know, shows itself in love. You know, when when this whole thing of uh, Galatians five six comes up about faith active in love, um, Luther comes back to say whenever works are mentioned, it's always in connection with faith, and you can't see faith itself but faith shows itself by what it does Mm -hmm. and both faith and the fruits of faith are really god's work Mm -hmm. the holy spirit brings forth both it's not something i produce in myself i don't produce faith in myself nor do i produce that love by myself the holy spirit works through the gospel through the promise of what christ has done and the fruits of that work of christ the forgiveness of sins life and salvation that are promised to me in christ he is the one who produces in me that trust in Jesus, and he is the one that causes that trust in Jesus to bear the fruit of love and all the other good works uh, that, that, uh, it shows, that shows that faith is living and active. Yeah. Faith is not dead.
0: And we're going to get into the work of the Holy Spirit here in just a few paragraphs. But I think now we probably should launch into some of the new material. Today we want to finish up this section. We're going to look at paragraphs 112 through 121 in the reader's edition of the Book of Concord. So let me read here paragraphs. uh, I'll start with paragraphs 112 and 113 and ask our guests uh, to comment on them. Paragraph 112 yet we must not think that by confidence in this love or because of this love we receive forgiveness of sins and reconciliation just as we do not receive forgiveness of sins because of other works that follow but forgiveness of sins is received by faith alone indeed this is properly called faith indeed this is properly called faith because the promise cannot be received except by faith, faith properly called is what believes this promise. So Pastor Hull, these three terms here, love, faith, promise. If you were sort of arranging them on a board in the right order, how would they go? these three terms in, 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 in the way that they really come about. Uh, love and faith and
1: promise. We have the promise comes first, right? That is um, while we were still sinners. Christ died for us. Um, And then faith takes hold of this promise, promise that on the cross, Christ took all of our sins and he rose for our justification. Faith receives that promise that this is for us. Mm -hmm. And when faith receives this promise, then love flows from it. So it's like looking at a tree, right? The promise is the roots and then faith is that tree coming up, and mm-hmm. then the love is the fruit of it. Um, you know,
0: I think Melanchthon is- must have been looking at the book of Galatians, at the letter to the Galatians when he wrote this, because that is such a strong theme, isn't it, in Galatians, about that uh, uh, the promise is received only by faith. Yes. And then the, the, at- the fruit follows. As you, you make the good analogy there that Jesus does, and, and the Bible does, about the good tree producing fruit.
1: Well, yes. And what's lovely about our confessions is this. This isn't Melanchthon's thoughts on this matter or Luther's thoughts. Everything is flowing from Scripture. Mm -hmm. So when you read this, you can go, oh, I am reading through Galatians just like Melanchthon did. And this is the right confession of it. This Mm -hmm. is what's flowing from it. It's being guided by it. It's not just, um, oh, the Roman Catholics say this. Well, I'm going to come up with a, a nice response to that. No, It's, are they being faithful to Scripture? And the answer is no. And we're going to show you how you're not. Mm -hmm. And we're going to show you by giving the correct faithfulness to it. Good.
0: And Pastor Worth, let me just read paragraph 114 here. Uh, Scripture speaks of this faith. Because faith receives forgiveness of sins and reconciles us to God, we are like Abraham, counted as righteous for Christ's sake, before we love and before we do the works of the law although love necessarily follows again i think he's looking at galatians and romans here because st paul brings up the example of abraham being justified before his works Absol- what is he what is he referring to here absolutely so
3: both in paul's letter to the romans and in galatians he points to abraham as the chief old testament example of what it means to be justified by faith after Mm -hmm. all you know he believed god and god reckoned his faith as righteousness and so the question is in what circumstance was it after he was circumcised or before he was circumcised because that's often what the jews would point to and then the roman catholics following them are pointing to that as works and the point is god declared him righteous before he received circumcision as that seal of that righteousness that he had already uh, by grace through faith prior to that sign of circumcision. So Paul makes a big deal of that so that, likewise, then uh, Luther and Melanchthon can make the same kind of big deal of it to say, if you want to say, how does the Bible speak about people being um, justified? They're justified by grace without the works of the law, and the works follow faith once a person is justified by God's grace through faith in the promised mercy, then the works are going to follow, whether it's the obedience that you see in the willingness to sacrifice Isaac or so forth, you see that the works will follow as God brings them about as the natural product or outcome or fruit of justifying
0: faith. Very good. Thank you, gentlemen. We're going to be coming back to you here in just a moment on Concord Matters after this break.
2: Hi, I'm Mary Schmidt, Manager of Development, inviting you to join us for Shareathon 2017, April 20th through the 22nd. During Shareathon 2017, you'll enjoy your favorite guests and program hosts as we celebrate the ministry and mission of worldwide KFUO. Our annual Shareathon is a great time for your continued prayers and support. Celebrate KFUO and have fun with all your radio friends during Shareathon 2017, April 20th through the 22nd.
3: This week on Issues Etc., we'll talk with Dr. Andy Bartelt about the resurrection in Isaiah. We'll also hear presentations from the 2015 Issues Etc. Making the Case Conference featuring Chris Rosebro, Pastor Jonathan Fisk, and Dr. Paul
1: Meyer. Issues Etc., live weekday afternoons from 3 to 5 on KFUO. What are all the things you witness online in a day? Cats playing piano. (laughs) Selfies on your feed, your friend's picture being turned into a nasty meme that's been shared 50 times, 51, 52. When someone's being bullied online, it's hard to know what to do. Now you can speak up with the witness emoji. It looks like an eye in a speech bubble, and it's in the symbol section near the clocks in your phone. You'll let the world know it isn't cool, and you'll let your friend know you care. Learn more at eyewitnessbullying.org, brought to you by the Ad Council.
2: I'm World Lutheran News Digest host, Kip Allen. Every day, things happen that affect the lives of Lutherans worldwide. Whether it's mercy efforts to a disaster-stricken community, threats to religious liberty, or cultural trends, World Lutheran News Digest takes an in-depth look at one issue each week as I interview newsmakers and experts, while Sarah Golseth presents a quick look at the week's news. World Lutheran News Digest may be heard every Wednesday at 2.30 and Saturday at 9.30 on Worldwide KFUO. In Jewish homes, and in many Christian homes, the final evening of Passover becomes a celebration meal shared with family and friends. The end of the holiday commemorating the deliverance of the people from Egyptian slavery as described in Exodus.
1: In a celebration meal often preceded by a synagogue service and readings from the Hebrew Bible, the focal point of the Torah readings on the seventh day of Passover is the crossing of the Red Sea. In Exodus 15, Moses and the Israelites celebrated by singing the Song of the Sea, a poem that some scholars believe is one of the oldest texts in the Hebrew Bible. I will sing to the Lord, for He is highly exalted. Both
2: horse and driver, He has hurled into the sea. Engage with the Bible
1: with this book of all books. Brought to you by Museum of the Bible.
0: We are back on Concord Matters. I'm your host for this program, Pastor Charles Henrickson, the pastor of St. Matthew Lutheran Church in Bontairn, Missouri. My guest first in studio is Pastor Warren Wirth from Good Shepherd Lutheran Church in Arnold, Missouri. And on the phone is Pastor Chris Hull from Zion Lutheran Church in Tomball, Texas. We invite your comments or questions On our program today, the toll-free number is 800-730-2727 and locally in St. Louis, 314-821-0850 and our email address, kfuo at kfuo.org. And again, I want to remind you that share for 2017 is coming up this Thursday through Saturday uh, on Worldwide KFUO, your opportunity to contribute to the ministry of this Uh, gospel outreach. All right, we're in Article 4 on justification in the Apology of the Augsburg Confession. We just got through Paragraph 114, and we'll pick it up now at Paragraph 115. And uh, I just want to read the first sentence here to start, uh, where it says, Nor indeed is this faith an idle, I-D-L-E, an idle knowledge Neither can it coexist with mortal sin. We're talking about justifying faith here. And so Melanchthon is uh, distinguishing what we mean by this kind of faith. And he distinguishes it uh, from what he calls idle knowledge. Pastor Worth, what do you think he means by that? We're talking about idol, not not knowing an idol, like a, a I-D-O-L, but idol, meaning... Uh, Inactive. Yeah. What, what does he mean by that?
3: Well, the distinction, again, he's answering Roman Catholic objections. So a Roman Catholic objection, and we're saying you're saved by faith, they're acting like, well, even the devil knows that Jesus died on the cross and rose again. Yeah, we understand that, but that's not what the Bible means when it talks about justifying faith, and that's not what we Lutherans mean either. We're not simply saying that it's head knowledge, something you know in your head, the history of the Bible, you know that Jesus is the Son of God, you know that he died on the cross, you know that he rose again, and it's merely an intellectual, academic, historical knowledge. He's saying, no, living faith... Uh, shows itself in works. Now, the works don't contribute to salvation. That's the distinction that needs to be made here. That it's not that faith isn't connected to works, it's that faith without works, uh, before works, apart from works, justifies because it lays hold of the promise. It's Christ's work, not your work mm-hmm. or my work, the Christian's work, that justifies. Christ did all the work. Faith receives the results of that work, the benefits of that work, the promised mercy that comes to us on account of Christ's work for us. So, but, but real faith, living faith, scriptural faith, what we talk about in the Confessions when we say that we're justified by faith is not just an intellectual academic thing that can coexist with mortal sin. Now, the, even the idea of mortal sin is something that maybe needs to be addressed because it's a Roman Catholic concept, It's also Lutherans talk about mortal sin, too, but you have to be really careful when you do so, because if you're not really careful, the idea may become that there's a difference between some sins are worse than others and some sins damn and some sins don't. And that's not true. Uh, the correct understanding of the difference between mortal and venial sin, uh, if you look up Peeper and re-restudy what we learned way back in seminary days on this, is mortal sin properly understood is to say a sin that drives the Holy Spirit from your heart. Uh, mortal sin, unbelief, it, it, and and would would result. Yes, you you wind up losing your faith, impenitence, and unbelief. Exactly. So you know that. Um, Mortal sin cannot coexist with faith because real faith, you know, accepts the mercy of God. The Holy Spirit is in your heart and is working in you to bring about that new life in Christ that is not content to remain in deliberate, willful, stubborn sin. And and so that's what we're saying here. So it's not but but work in our, our Christian life doesn't contribute to earning salvation. Rather it follows salvation when Mm -hmm. salvation comes to us in christ when justification comes to us when god declares us righteous on account of christ then the holy spirit also brings forth the the works but so the point he's making here is that we're not when we say we're saved by faith it's not merely an intellectual academic knowledge about what jesus did in some kind of sterile sense Mm -hmm. no it's a a, it's that living trust that that living trust in what jesus did (laughs) that the Holy Spirit produces in us, and that then shows itself uh, in in works of love and so forth that follow as the fruit.
0: Pastor Worth, I'm glad you mentioned this term about living trust. When I ever have a a catechism class and I explain faith, you know, when we get to the Creed and we explain I believe, and I make this point about, you quoted the verse from James, uh, you believe there is one God, good the demons also believe and shudder with fear, that it's not just this mere idol knowledge on the top of your head and i use the analogy i put a chair out in the middle of the room and i could say i stand at a distance say i believe that is a chair yes i really believe that is a chair And i say that's not what we're talking about when we talk about faith what would i what would need to happen for me to say in a biblical way i believe in that chair you would sit in i would sit in i would
3: entrust my life to it and when you're sitting in the chair the chair is doing for you what it's made to do it's there to hold you up to give you rest and so christ is here to give us rest and uh and when we're when we're resting in the arms of jesus he's doing for us what only he can do Mm -hmm. and that we Mm -hmm. can't do for ourselves and he's the one that even produces that trust Mm -hmm. in him Mm -hmm. through the gospel promises
0: pastor hall how do you explain that faith is more than mere idle knowledge uh to your people
1: In many ways, but one is looking at, as you mentioned before, this trust is is not just believing in the existence of something, but trusting in it no matter how dark uh, the day may be. What I mean by that is this, we confess in the first article of the creed that The Father guards and defends us from all danger and evil. Mm -hmm. And that's an easy thing to say, I I believe that. But to trust in your Heavenly Father's love for you, in spite of what you actually see all around you. It doesn't seem like you're being defended and protected all the time. uh, Because bad things do happen. Mm -hmm. Uh, Tornadoes happen. Hurricanes happen. Um, death happens, cancer happens, all these things happen, yet what do, or look at the apostles, they're beheaded, they're crucified, yet they still trust that their father loves them Mm -hmm. in spite of all these things that are happening to them. So it's not just that they believe that God's there, they trust that God actually loves them. Mm -hmm. That's the key difference here in faith. Faith is believing and trusting in a loving God in Christ Jesus. Not just believing in a superpower that's out there causing things to happen.
0: As you say, we believe in a loving Father in spite of circumstances because of Christ, and we would know nothing of Christ unless the Holy Spirit gave us faith in him. Uh, But let me ask you one other thing, Pastor Hall. This phrase, mortal sin, uh, that we say that justifying faith cannot coexist with mortal sin, how do you understand
1: that term? Mortal sin? Yeah. Well it's, as we said earlier, it's it's that unbelief, it's it's despair, it's it is it is rejecting the promises of Christ. And faith can't coexist with that. But then we're Lutherans, right? So we say, Well, there's the symbol though. We're at the same time a sinner mm-hmm. and a saint. But that's not what this is saying. It's not that faith and mortal sin are roommates together. Faith cannot exist with mortal sin because then there would be no faith. Mortal sin just continues to go on in hatred toward his neighbor. Faith only loves his neighbor. So when we look at this relationship between faith and mortal sin, this is, this is the new man we're talking about mm-hmm. here. And yeah. The new man does not have mortal sin. The new man is only Christ. He's only faith. And that old Adam has to be drowned anew every day in the forgiveness of sin. Okay. In repentance and contrition.
0: Good. Now, again, in this paragraph 115 and then into paragraph 116, uh, we're looking more at the nature of faith and where that comes from. And let me uh, proceed with the rest of this section uh, about faith. It is a work of the Holy Spirit by which we are freed from death and terrified minds are encouraged and brought to life. Because this faith alone receives forgiveness of sins, makes us acceptable to God, and brings the Holy Spirit, it could be more correctly called, quote, grace making one pleasing to God, and then the Latin phrase, gratia gratum faciens, it could not be called an effect following faith, that is, love. So um, where does this faith come from, Pastor Worth?
3: this faith comes from the holy spirit working through means working through the gospel and it's not something we produce in ourselves and it's not produced by love which we produce ourselves it's produced by the holy spirit the love of god that comes to us in the gospel and that's why he says you know if you were if you were rather than saying talking about faith as if it were the product of or the effect of love. Better to talk about it being grace, grace making one pleasing to God. So how am I made right with God? By God's grace, the Holy Spirit coming to me through the gospel, which is 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 the grace of God. It's all about the love of God,
0: his loving me, not me loving him. Now, when we talk about grace... You know, the Roman Catholics even to this day will say, well, yeah, we're of course we're saved by grace, but they're meaning something a little different by that.
3: Right. You can change the meaning of the word grace from being God's undeserved mercy, God's undeserved love for us sinners on account of Christ, to being something that's infused into us, God infusing his love into us in a way that actually um, we are earning or contributing like a five-hour
0: energy drink or something he's given us so we can work a little harder huh?
3: work a little harder yeah and so you can earn a little more uh so, so and along those lines and so that see that's the whole issue that that melanchthon is attempting to clarify here that when we're talking about being justified you have to understand that it, it's monergistic that is that is comes from God alone, we are not contributing. It's, you know, we're not contributing to our own salvation. We're not contributing to our own being right with God, declared right by God. It's something that's entirely coming to us because of what God's love, God's mercy, God's grace, God, the work of Christ, the merit of Christ, the, uh, the satisfaction that Christ made, his sacrifice for us, and the means of grace, baptism, uh, gospel, the lord's supper all that is god doing something for us not we're doing something for
0: god i want to commend our readers to uh our listeners to read um a passage that really puts it all into one uh succinct uh, place and that's ephesians 2 1 through 10 where it starts out what our natural condition is we're dead in our trespasses and then god made us alive and then this famous passage verses. um uh verse uh, eight and nine, for by grace you have been saved through faith and this is not your own doing, it is the gift of God, not a result of works so that no one may boast. What he's saying here is that um, you have been saved and that this is God's gift, it's not your own doing and it's not just that Christ died for your sins and rose from the dead, but it's also even the faith, it's being saved through faith, that whole thing is a gift from God Christ dying for you, second article of the creed, and the Holy Spirit giving you faith, third article of the creed. The whole ball of wax is God's work and God's doing so that no one may boast. And then here's the works that follow in verse 10. For we are God, For we are his workmanship, created in Christ Jesus for good works, which God pre- prepared beforehand that we should walk in them. All right, so... Um, Pastor Hall, he talks here about this grace-making one pleasing to God, and the editors here in this edition put in the Latin phrase gratia gratum faciens, or faciens in the ecclesiastical pronunciation. My guess is they're trying to set this over against the fides formata caratata, uh, that instead of faith formed by love, that uh, it's more grace-making one acceptable to God. Any thoughts on that?
1: It's the most comforting thing in the world. Whenever we talk about this uh, in Bible study, I always talk about my wife, which is, I think at seminary they told us not to talk about our wives or our children Uh in preaching and teaching. I I fell asleep that day. (laughs) Um, But when we look at my wife, I can do everything right, or at least I think I am one day. Um, But unless she actually loves me, And forgives me and has that demeanor toward me, none of my good honeydew list achievements will cut it. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter if the house is spick and span, if everything's perfect. There's a million roses in the bedroom and chocolates in the kitchen and all this stuff. That doesn't matter what I do unless she is gracious and loving toward me. And and that's the thing with God is uh, all of our works matter nothing. What is it, uh, Luther's, is it, our works cannot salvation gain, they merit only endless pain. Forgive Mm -hmm. us, Lord, to Christ we flee, for, who pleads for us endlessly. Have mercy, Lord, that lovely Luther catechetical hymn. Mm -hmm. And this is what we see here, is grace is what makes us acceptable, that he is merciful and forgiving. Um, Harrison. And does Harrison ever listen to this show? I've had him on really.
0: here. He's a hard get, but I've had him well, on having the show. Someone
1: on doesn't mean they listen to. it, you know, <laughs> I, mean, but, you know I was going to say in his book, what's that? The little book on joy, right? Yeah. Um, which is maybe I should bash Harrison. Then he'll listen to it. They'll have to cut it and say someone went off on you. You have to listen now. Um, but no, in his uh, little book on joy, he makes the point of the mercy of God. It's just like this big dude showing up at your door that has full right to beat you up, but he doesn't do it. Instead, he gives you a huge hug and says he loves you. And that's the comfort we have is I'm not gaining God's love because I've done something great because I've done a million things wrong that merit his wrath. Rather, I'm acceptable to him because he is gracious and merciful, and we see that displayed on the cross mm-hmm. in his son. So it's good stuff.
0: Yeah. We've got two more sections here to go to complete this uh, unit on uh, on Article 4. And I want to read here Paragraph 117 and just the uh, start of Paragraph uh, 118. Actually, 117 and 118. In order that the subject might be made quite clear, we have shown well enough so far, both from testimonies of Scripture and arguments derived from Scripture, that we receive forgiveness of sins for Christ's sake, through faith alone. We have shown that through faith alone we are justified, that is, unrighteous people are made righteous or regenerated. How necessary the knowledge of this faith is can be easily judged. Because Christ's office is recognized in this alone, we receive Christ's benefits by this alone. Pastor Hall, how many alones does he mention here? And what's the significance of the alone?
1: The alone is um, absolutely necessary. I actually, I was just observing some brother pastors arguing about this alone that even Luther didn't hold to its faith alone, and um, I don't. They probably shouldn't be in the Lutheran Church anymore for even <laughs> entertaining this uh, discussion. Because um, when we look at why is this alone added, it's in order that we may recognize Christ's work and receive His blessings. That's why we have a right confession of all the articles of faith, like original sin. Why do we understand original sin and confess it rightly? In order that Christ's work may be glorified, that we may look solely to Christ's work and his word for our assurance, for our salvation. Because if we ever look anywhere else, then we are going to be in despair and other great shame and vice. The alone is added to get our attention. This is the only way you're saved, buddy. This is the only way it happens is receiving this promise. It ain't anything else, so cut it out. So it's when he, he talks,
0: yeah, he talks about Christ's office here, and as you as you phrase it, his work. So uh, his office is his doing of his work, which is to save us. And if it if it yeah. isn't through faith alone, then mm-hmm. we are diminishing the glory that belongs only to Christ. And then yeah, uh, that leads. We want a
1: splinter in our finger. Yeah, I want a splinter of the cross. No, I don't. I don't like regular splinters. I don't need a splinter of the cross. They're all in Christ's wounds, and that's how we're healed. Yeah,
0: so the twofold concern here we see running throughout this article of the Apology and throughout the (laughs) Lutheran Confessions is, one, that our teaching on justification uh, gives all glory to Christ and does not diminish His honor. And then there's a second refrain running throughout, and that comes up next, and I'm going to read... paragraphs 119 through the end here, only this teaching brings sure and firm consolation to pious minds. In the church there must be the teaching by which the pious may receive the sure hope of salvation. For the adversaries give people bad advice when they tell them to doubt whether they receive forgiveness of sins. How will such persons sustain themselves in death who have heard nothing of this faith and think that they ought to doubt whether they receive forgiveness of sins? Besides, it is necessary that the gospel be kept in Christ's church, namely the promise that sins are forgiven freely for Christ's sake. Those who teach nothing of this faith we speak about completely abolish the gospel. But the scholastics, that would be the late medieval Roman Catholic theologians, but the scholastics mention not even a word about this faith. Our adversaries, that's that the present time that Melanchthon writes us, our adversaries follow them and reject this faith, nor do they see that by rejecting this faith they abolish the entire promise about the free forgiveness of sins and the righteousness of Christ. Now, Pastor Worth, I mentioned that there's this twofold refrain running throughout the confessions that our teaching on justification, one, gives all glory to Christ and, and does not diminish his honor. But then the second concern is what?
3: The comfort and consolation of terrified consciences. And that is very, very important. As as a dirty, rotten sinner, I know how important that is to me. And as one called by our Lord to be a shepherd under Christ to others who are also sinners, I know how important it is to them. People in life, and especially at their hour of their death, need to be sure that they have the forgiveness of sins. And there's no other way to be sure that you have the forgiveness of sins and the hope of everlasting life Other than by grace alone, through faith in Jesus Christ alone. That's the only way. But, Pastor, isn't
0: it a little bit arrogant or boastful to say, oh, I'm sure I'm saved? It
3: would be if you were talking about yourself, even if you were talking about your faith as a work. But we're not talking about our faith as a work, something we do, the one thing we do right. No, 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 no. It's all about Christ's work. I can be sure because I can be sure that our Savior, Jesus Christ has done it all. It is finished, and he is risen. Hallelujah. So I can be absolutely sure, because his work is completely perfect. He has done everything necessary for my salvation, and he gives it to me as a gift in the gospel to be received by faith. And even that faith, as you said, is a gift that the Holy Spirit works in me. So I can be sure, because it's 100% sure, as God is 100% sure, and the work of Christ is 100% sure.
0: Pastor Hall, how is this uh, uh, concern here uh, influenced, and how does it play out in your pastoral practice, in your preaching, teaching, liturgy, catechesis, counseling, pastoral care? How does this permeate your pastoral practice?
1: I, I love the one line: "Whoever fails to teach about this faith we are faith we are discussing completely destroys the gospel." So it, it's everything. Um, everything comes back to this. I remember arguing with my dad when I was younger about how I'm going to change churches, make them as faithful as possible. He said, have fun getting people to get justifying faith. And, um, and he's right. No one gets it. Uh, they must be reminded of it daily. They must receive it daily. They must hear it pounded into their head. This is how you are saved, that Jesus loves you. And this this trumps everything. This floods everything, everything you do in confirmation, preaching, teaching, in visits, um, whatever you're doing. All, all of it centers around this. That is this faith that justifies you. And it is given freely to you by our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, given to you by the power of the Holy Spirit. So it affects everything.
0: Yes, and I want our—I want to thank our guests today. Before I want to have a closing word here for our listeners, but I want to thank our guests, Pastor Warren Worth and Pastor Chris Hull, and dear listeners, wherever you are around the world listening on Worldwide KFUO. You can be sure that you are saved. You can be sure that you have forgiveness of sins. That is not being boastful in yourself. If anyone boasts, let him boast of our Lord Jesus Christ. This is what Jesus came to do by his death and his resurrection, to take your sins for you and to rise from the dead, and that through faith you are joined to him and in baptism. So you can be absolutely sure that you are saved and have eternal life. God wants you to know that you have eternal life right now. This is not any bragging on yourself. It's bragging on Jesus And that's a good thing to do. So, dear listener, please know that you are saved for Christ's sake. You've been listening to Concord Matters here on Worldwide KFUO. Join us again next time here on The Messenger of Good News.